You saw what happened last time. We're rolling. Hmm. What is this treachery, Sean? (laughs) Unauthorized. I commissioned an opus. And an opus you received. (laughs) Darren, I would like to see you in my office. (laughs) He was disappointed that he couldn't talk to you before the release. No, I like it. It's good, (laughs) except that it sucks ass. Darren, the deal's off. Whenever he told me that the basis for this one was a Primus song, I just laughed. I said, that is the most Sean Nasty band ever. They're, they're like super talented, but also one step away from a gimmick band. A gimmick. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Almost a novelty act with, uh, yeah. You know what a great song title is? Rhythm Nation. Okay, so we're doing our second commentary track. This one for Star Trek V, colon, The Domination. So, uh, Charles... C. Benimoff, a.k.a. Chaffa. Chaffa to my left. You're going to give us a 20-second breakdown, an overview of the majesty that is Star Trek V, The Domination. Charles, are you ready? Is it okay Go. to spoil the ending? Yes. Okay, so Spoilers due to contractual stuff, William Shatner was allowed to direct this movie. It was a so, again, with the technical difficulties, hopefully this isn't a thing. My the apologies. Sh- the Sean Nasty apology tour continues. Oh, God, this is my life. Dates have been added. <laughs> it's sellout crowds everywhere you go. Oh, God. Yeah. Tonight at the Apollo, Sean Nasty groveling. I'd go to that show. That's, well, yeah, yeah. It's uh, not a bad way to be. I was thinking about becoming a stand-up when I was a kid. You know, what about a beggar? Be- well, it's basically the same thing as stand-up, right? Zing! hi So... Chaffa, one more time. 20 seconds. (laughs) Star Trek V, The Domination, go. So Shatner gets control of all aspects of production on a Star Trek movie. Of Paramount Pictures. (laughs) The plot involves him fighting God and winning. Wow, you beat the clock by like 10 seconds. All right. That's an excellent Sorry for spoiling the ending. You son of a bitch. So Shatner beats God. Technically, technically no, but... Well, technically, he beats God, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. Let's queue it up. <laughs> He's still alive. So, yes, he has beaten God. I really want to see this movie. This movie must be a lot better than I remembered. Jesus, that was like the best synopsis I've ever heard. Indeed. Um, so, uh, those of you that have uh, acquired your copy of uh, Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, uh, queue it up to the Paramount logo just when par- the stars stop and the Paramount logo comes on, or the word Paramount where comes on. And we will go on the word go. Pause it there. I am paused. We will count down and go. Ready? Three, two, one, go. You said go twice. Did I say go twice? Sean, you know the stars never stop at Paramount. Hi-oh. Hey, Chaffa, you doing any uh, audio engineering? I'm kind of looking for another audio engineer. (laughs) And Hollywood, boom, right? The stars look at you. (laughs) Sorry, what was your answer? Make uh, sound effects. Make uh, sound Hey, make some uh, Police Academy sound effects right now. Make the sound effects you made for my short film. Yeah. Yep. Now just imagine that in your head for 15 minutes. Charles going. And imagine that he is a sentient shopping cart. My student film. Thank you. Did I talk about uh, Bobcat Goldthwait's uh, hatred of Michael Winslow on the last one? <laughs> no. But that sounds like an evergreen topic. By the way, this looks like a Mad Max film right now. Yeah. Well, the new Mad Max. This is actually kind of stylish right now. 
I remember the movie yeah, can... not being this good. The opening is promising. <laughs> Was this like a second unit director taking the reins? <laughs> Probably. Because this looks this, professional. This is straight out to bring into the chats. I definitely want to hear about this Winslow thing. So this guy on the horse, which was originally supposed to be Sean Connery, he was busy with Indiana Jones. Uh, AKA I, career suicide. Is that the mm -hmm. last crusade? Yeah. At least it wasn't the crystal skull. That one was atrocious. <laughs> Even Sean Connery knows when to say no. <laughs> Sean Connery was in that. Never say never again unless it's for Indiana Jones 4. Sean Connery's not in Crystal Skull. Are you sure? You dungus? Yes, I'm sure. Okay, what do I know? Nothing, apparently. Yeah, not much. I don't even know how to make these things Wow. Run. Clearly cast as a Sean Connery type. <laughs> I'm a Sean Connery type. Um, from, the, <laughs> from the eyebrows up, absolutely. Yeah, as the, uh, as the hair fades, it works Do a Sean Connery impression. I am the last one. Now do a George Lazenby impression. I have no idea who that is. Good guy. So apologize again, Sean. Jesus, these technical uh, fucking Pro Tools is just crapping out on me like a son of a bitch. Okay, you want to hear the joke I was sitting on for three minutes? Please, yeah. Pro Tools, more like amateur tools. Uh, yeah, I, what is it? Uh, I think I came up with that. The, uh, Pretty sure I did. Problem exists between microphone and seat or whatever, yeah. That sounds like a very rude thing to say to someone. It's a car thing. Uh, what is it? Uh, problem exists between seat and steering wheel or something. It's like, like a, the technical term. It's yeah, the technical term for this this douchebag doesn't know anything about cars. By the way, I bought a car today because my old car was totaled horrifically in a t-boning attack assault <laughs> on my person. The worst accident I've ever been in. Truly terrifying. Uh, so I had to buy a new car today. And I signed the paperwork, and I noticed there's a section that said like you know cooling off period. And I looked at the guy and I said, "Is that really like the official industry term, cooling <laughs> off period?" Like, yeah, like you're just furious. Like there's cartoon <laughs> steam coming out of your ears after you buy a car. Uh, clearly, they know their audience. I, I think it's just more that like you get so excited that about the smell of a new car. It's just so overwhelming that it envelops you and forces you to buy a new car, you know, out of your control. Like the uh, the uh, fainting uh, child of the 1700s that you are. This new Prius C gave me the vapors. That's that's what I was referring to. Yes, sir, the vapors. That's what I was looking for. So I just want to point out, while we were uh, down, once again, taking taking a smoke break during the technical difficulties, uh, Charles pointed out, this is a pretty strong opening scene. And I realized it's a strong opening scene because it's from fucking Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> Literally uh, the same scene. Yeah, it is oh, like a shot-by-shot -shot remake, except for this dumb alien-looking douchebag. Okay. Yeah, oh, and a unicorn. I didn't realize there was a unicorn in this movie. Speaking of a unicorn, uh, I made my 58-year-old girlfriend, Sam, watch uh, three She got the Benjamin Buttons now? <laughs> she's, she's aged a bit. She had a, a rough couple of weeks. Right on. So I had my 58-year-old girlfriend watch um, most of Legend. Legend. Is that yeah. uh, uh, the Brad Pitts? All right. Jesus God, man. Dude, this techno the future is stupid. Sean I interrupted me playing with his cat. To have me come record this podcast again. All right, uh, Chapa, I believe you have something to say. Oh, yeah. So, this Vulcan is laughing. All right. So, trying again. We'll I've see. been hurt before, Sean. Oh, God. I, I, I can't trust computers. Very gingerly bowing to our computer overlords. Thank you. We appreciate you. We love you, laptop. This we love you, Pro Tools. Yeah. We love you, Wi-Fi. <laughs> Charles, you have something to say now about this scene that sh 
There's something about the scene that's supposed to work but doesn't. I, I, I can't take credit for it because it's from a hard no, take Bennett's credit. Take credit. commentary. I take credit for listening to his commentary. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, when the Vulcan laughs at the end, one second. Okay, had to wait for that. Uh, when the Vulcan laughs at the end, it's supposed to be like, oh my god, what? A Vulcan laughing? But it just, it was supposed to be like this big moment. But, but it's not. As, yeah, as anyone like watching this movie could tell you, it is not a big moment. God, yeah, that for it. fucking great, though. The, the, music, the music. Mm-hmm. It's like the worse the Star Trek movie is, the better the musical score. A theme, Sean, is. is like a song without lyrics that they use repeatedly in a movie. Oh. That's a motif. I'm sorry. I'm just like so paranoid that this thing is going to crash again on me that I'm afraid it to will. say anything. It will. Yeah, I, maybe it's your I, voice. I, I, yeah. Maybe the computer is rejecting you. It seems like it. I mean, it, I, it knows I betrayed you, and it's it's spiteful, a spiteful little child that is uh, said, seeking its vengeance. When I said solo episode, I meant as a goof, okay? <laughs> and you, you turn this into a launching pad for your career. <laughs> Clearly reaching out to other podcasts, looking for new co-hosts. This was basically, that episode was like a Craigslist ad. Um, like, here's what I'm interested in. So, Are we recording? I trust nothing anymore. Oh, dude, I've, it, I'm so like a frightened, beaten child right now. I don't even, I'm so I just want to point out, Sean made good use of our downtime feeding his fat, hungry cat <laughs> who meows, not like a cat, but like a man impersonating a cat. For the last 20 minutes, we just heard, meow, meow. <laughs> he's a persistent motherfucker. I'm supposed to be training him, and he's training me, and it's just... Just uh, like Radio, starring Cuba Gooding Jr. Is this a real thing? This sounds like something Terry, I'd watch. Uh, do you not, have you never heard that line from Ed Harris? They're like, we taught radio, and he's like, I think radio was teaching us. Whoa, this is like Mission Impossible 2. I was thinking Cliffhanger. Oh, Cliffhanger rules ass, by the I way. I haven't seen it since I had... Free cable. Cliffhanger's great. I can confirm. Hmm. I saw a 70 millimeter print of Cliffhanger with the director, <laughs> Sir Rennie Harlan. It looks great. I think we, I talked about this before. Did you guys reach in the popcorn at the same time? Uh, no, but I did talk to him afterwards. <laughs> yeah. That was cool. I mean, you know, there was like maybe 40 people in the audience. Oh, right, no. But I was like, Cliffhanger looked great, Rennie. Wait, how long ago was this? Oh, I don't know, two years ago. Really? There were only like 40 people in a 70 millimeter uh, print? It was, a, it was a triple header of Cliffhanger, Last Action Hero, and I think like a hook or something. Oh. It, was, it was like kind of a random early 90s 70 millimeter fest. Weird. It was so that just, was a weird crowd. Those were like just the only 70 millimeter prints in existence of anything. So they... I, I think we talked about this. It used to be people did 70 millimeter not for the visual aspect, but for the six channel sound. So oh, before yeah, it was yeah, either totally. stereo yeah. or six channel. And yeah. now, of course, you can have 28 billion channels. Yeah, yeah. Time, assuming your computer fucking works. <laughs> I, I will never <laughs> assume that anymore. Now, while we were down, uh, Chaffa and I were actually discussing the relative uh, cinematography merits of Star Trek films. And we were remarking, this one actually looks pretty good. Uh, it is an unbearably silly movie. Like, imagine if Roger Moore directed a Bond movie. It would look like this. Or, yeah, it would be like this, basically. Imagine uh, if, if Roger, Roger Moore looked at Octopussy and he was like, not enough. Not silly enough. Um, so this looks great. Do you think um, he like made this whole movie just so he could like be this opening shot? Yeah, this is his Tom it, Cruise it and Mission me. Impossible 2 moment. <laughs> yeah. um, directed by William Shatner. That's surprising. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, is so this Char- the only thing he's directed? Uh, he directed some TV movie. I think this is the biggest uh, project he ever did. Probably, yeah. 
Oh, oh, there was a the great quote <laughs> on Wikipedia. Um, I'll see if I can find it. Anyway, so I can't find while, it, while he's looking, Charles and I were talking about the relative cinematography merits. Uh, we both agreed that Star Trek Generations, for whatever faults you wish to assign to it, is a gorgeous-looking movie. It Which one's Generations? warm and buttery. Is that the Abrams one? No, no. Generations is the one with Malcolm McDowell. Jamal Warner? Malcolm, yeah, McDowell from Clockwork Orange. And the next... Since it stopped anyway. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. This, this is our Picasso episode, <laughs> our Cubist <laughs> episode. Deconstruction. Um, yeah, so we were saying Generations with Mac McDowell, the Nexus, it's the one with both Shatner and Patrick Stewart. It looks amazing, whatever you want to say about it. So I would say Generations, Wrath of Khan, and f- fucking Final Frontier, surprisingly enough, would be like my top three shot um, best-looking Star Trek movies. Charles, would you agree or disagree? Uh, that... Generations is the best-looking Star Trek movie. Uh, yes. I would agree. Also, the the first movie directed by Robert Wise is like it. it it's it, very seventies. I feel like the production design just throws me off too much. Yeah, it it is true. well photographed. It's just those leisure suits, man. Yeah, seventies leisure suits. But Did here's what quote? here's what William Shatner had to say about this movie. Star Trek Five is the epitome of my career, my experiences, my hopes, and dreams. It is the quintessential me. <laughs> he said that in 1989. That is very genuinely touching to me. This is oh, hold on, I can't this talk. Is the this highlight is, of the yes, film. Yes, this is the best part of any Star Trek movie. When Spock shoots down in his Jetsons boots and rescues <laughs> William Shatner. No, this is fantastically horrible. This is actually pretty good, I think. Like this to me. What year is this? 89. 1999. Uh, yeah, I think it's 89. Um, I think this part actually captures the spirit of the original show, for better or worse. Like, this is what the show was. Oh, yeah, yeah. And if you didn't like this, then, I don't know, watch Perry Mason. I, I guess this is why I didn't watch the original show. Because <laughs> a lot of it, I mean, <laughs> oh, to be it was fair, horrible. They, they don't have rocket boots in the original show. <laughs> they do have, like, yeah, that's why this many, better. like, giant ape suits and stuff, <laughs> right. but... Take me down to Paradise City in Nimbus 3. They didn't really do wire work. Oh, this they? is... um. No, it was all rear You've projection. seen this scene in a, another movie in a different franchise. Are you, is, are is you thinking of... Are you, no, are you thinking of Sky Captain in the world of tomorrow? Uh. <laughs> yes, that is exactly... <laughs> Sky Captain, that, 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 that's what I was... I, I like to imagine William Shatner looking at A New Hope, just like <laughs> studying it, nodding. The lights come up, he turns to his wife and says, I can do better. <laughs> and I will. Is, is he set to direct the next one? <laughs> yeah. God, wouldn't that be great if he directed episode 10? Wow. He's okay. like so 80, isn't three he? Three-boob Catwoman. Oh, wow. We talked about that. That was after Total Recall, a, right? No, this is before the film. Total Recall uh, was 1990. Really? This Sorry. is a highly influential film, Sean. Jeez, wow. Yeah, Paul Verhoeven was taking notes from, from Star Trek V. Obviously. I believe it was directly competing with Batman at the box office. <laughs> I think it Batman didn't go very well may have won that round. I think so. I remember getting the little frisbee cup wood from this, my uh, McDonald's. This is David uh, Warner. This is his first Star Trek role, but he like comes up back a lot. He's like the main character in the next movie, that like Next Generation episode where Picard's getting tortured and keeps screaming that there are four lights. He plays oh, the guy interrogating him. So familiar. Yeah, hmm. he's also one of the villains in Titanic. But yeah. <laughs> he reminds me of someone else. Still never seen Titanic. Maybe there's just something about that. Sweaty middle part. 
<laughs> Charles, fake laugh, like I said. <laughs> Charles used to be a voiceover actor. <laughs> oh, I thought you were doing like a, a Tuscan Raider voice there. Oh, no, no. That was my uh, my Eddie Murphy or Revenge of the Nerds, one of the two. So I Charles tried to, but it sounded like a steel point. Charles yeah, is, a, thing. is a beautiful, wonderful man. Charles is a little little more by the book than myself or Sean Nasty. So whenever these technical difficulties are arriving, Charles is looking at me, <laughs> slightly panicked, wondering what to do, asking me if it's okay to tap me to just tell me something. And I told him, Charles, baby, this is like a Miles Davis recording session. We're just rolling tape. You know, do your thing. There is no wrong answer. It is jazz. I am just hoping the listeners are somewhere near the scene we're looking at right now. This is like this is like jazz, but we're all Ornette Coleman, and no one's sure if we're geniuses or frauds. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking the latter. I'm thinking I need to invest in a plastic uh, clarinet recorder. Ornette Coleman, good stuff. You guys should check him out. Not a clue. The music of tomorrow. But it's the music of the past, is it not? No! hi Unicorn. So, how can a science fiction movie about the future have horses? Unicorns. Ah, it's got a horn and it's blue. That's just that's a narrative. That's a narrative. Get out of jail free clause. Unicorn. But how unicorn? Yeah, totally. But if the father unicorn. If you're already accepting unicorn, like why would you question anything? But when time and space ripped itself apart, unicorn. Uh huh. Yeah. Warp drive. Unicorn. See, I like this because it has the TOS colors. It's nice. It's eye-catching. It's green and purple and blue. Those were the TOS colors? Yes. That is kind of the, the thing this movie usually gets praised for is, like, capturing the spirit. It, it is. Yeah. Right. It's capturing the spirit of a show that was revolutionary, um, but also, you know, campy and occasionally terrible. But, you know, it's This important. was one of the terrible episodes. Yeah. But. It's not. I, honestly, I don't think it's movie is quite as bad as people make it out to be okay like, i agree but like, it just has moments of like absolute terribleness right if you average it out it'd, it'd be like yeah i will take right. a fun terrible tos episode over a mediocre next generation episode any day of the week every time i hear tos Probably all i think is protoss <laughs> Uh, fights and people, yeah, but they're all in the same fucking age range. They're yeah. all like twenty eight to thirty five, and that's I get it. Like that's what it was on when you were a kid. Yep, we'll just power through. We're just power through. Say power through, Charles. Power through. Go yeah. ahead. It's a reused special effect from the previous movie. <laughs> Which one is it? That the red letter media has where they use the same explosion. That's gener- generation. <laughs> generation. It's like the same climactic <laughs> special effect shot. Right. Like from what? Obsessive nerds won't notice the this. The big '90s explosion at the end of the movie is the same exact shot as the previous big explosion at the end. Yeah, of the but movie. they shaved off ninety thousand dollars. No, Does they they mean? they flipped it. They like mirrored it. <laughs> oh, nice. So it's like, no, yeah. no, no. It's just an explosion. Who the fuck yeah. cares? Michelle Nichols, is that a wig or is that just like uh, cake frosting? So this little romance of theirs comes out of like nowhere. Uh-huh. There's no reason for this to be happening. It's what's the understand. matter? Just because he's Scottish, you can't that accept is... a beautiful black woman being with a Scottish man. That's racist. It's not where I was going. <laughs> Those MREs look pretty good. In like a pop tart sort of way. Wait, why are those nerds wearing like outfits from Star Trek One? Saves money. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that like the basis of all things Star Trek? Is what is the bridge? Like, newsroom. <laughs> yeah. 
he, the outfit he's wearing right now is like if Han Solo had retired. <laughs> this is like this is what Han Solo is going to look like in the new one. Yeah, with a goofy much. collar. I mean, dude, those those long sleeves in Return of the Jedi. That's the worst thing about. That's the worst thing in Star Wars, including the expanded universe. Is Han Solo's long sleeves in Return of the Jedi. Number two is C three PO. He just seems like such an old curmudgeon these days. Like Scotty or Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. I en- I know we're so funny. We're talking about Star Wars during our Star Trek <laughs> podcast. Uh, I know who's more ever about done Star that? Wars. <laughs> but it's like I don't get it. He spent friggin' twenty five years talking about how he hates talking about Star Wars. He's over it, and they're like, "You want to do new one?" He's like, "Yup." Yeah. I'll do two or three or four or five, whatever you guys want. Is he Nicholas Cajun? Did he run out of money or no, something? No, Nicholas Cage still kind of cares about what he does. Oh, People no. don't think he does, but he does. Well, I mean, he, he cares about the ones he cares about, but he does a lot of shit he doesn't no, care about. No, that's what I like about Nicholas Cage. He never condescends. Whatever he's doing, even if he thinks the movie's bad, he always gives 100%. He oh, never man. looks down on the material. Hell. Ever. He always commits. The movie is not normally worth his talent 90% of the time now. But he always gives it his all. He gives a real performance. Uh, I I feel like he's phoning it in on a lot of that stuff. Uh, There's only one movie I've ever seen where I felt like he was phoning it in. You know what it is? What's that? The Left Behind remake. <laughs> it was one of the most depressing things I've ever was seen. Was that a TV? Him. No. You would think so watching <laughs> it, but I, I saw it in theaters. I have proof. Wow. My time hop confirms that I saw it in theaters. So this scene, I think, is terrific. That's just like I'm, your I'm opinion, a minority, Charles. I yeah. yeah. I, do, I, I, I love Spock's little sleeves here. I, I, yeah. Do we, I mean, do you go to Star Trek movies to see people sitting around a campfire? Like, well, you yeah, yeah do. you kind of do. You go to yeah. like spend time with like this family that you've but, gotten I mean, to know. Can't this campfire be on like Tatooine or something? That, that or, would cost more money. Well, I mean, yeah, they'd have to pay off the Star Wars inner. I mean, honestly, universe most though. of Star Trek of TOS is them like in Griffith Park or Vasquez Rocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, but it's Griffith around. Park and it's supposed to be like, like Omicron oh, Persian 9 or yeah. something. We found a utopia, but all the men have nine arms. What will we do? <laughs> There's trees and grass and oxygen. <laughs> no, this, this honestly, like Charles was saying, this is kind of the heart of the show. And like, it's these three guys. Right on. Um, and the new, the new ones basically shave this down to just Kirk and Spock. Hmm. I think they lose I'm something. I'm hoping the next one will, will, well, will correct on that. I feel like it's almost bit, an overcorrection because, again, in my opinion, the, the problem with TNG is that they want it to be an ensemble, but they basically have two interesting characters. They have uh, the captain and they have Data. Oh. Worf, Worf, Worf. Worf becomes an interesting character after three He's... or four seasons. And he becomes That's one true. of the most interesting. But, but for three seasons, Charles, you're talking about 60 hours of my life? Worf is not an interesting character. I mean, Picard's kind of... Picard. Picard's kind of like <laughs> an a-hole. Picard is one of the, the best seasons. written characters I've ever seen on television. Now, I don't watch a lot of TV. Yeah, obviously. But I have seen... No, Picard's great. What's your problem with Picard? <laughs> I mean, the, one of the best... Because he's a character. stuffy nerd? I, I, yeah, I mean... Yeah. Well, I, a lot of that is Patrick Stewart. Okay, yeah, all right. Man. One of the best portrayed characters. I'll, I'll admit yeah. to that. <laughs> He does bring a lot of gravitas to it. I, I mean, I have watched maybe two or three episodes of the entire series, but uh, in the, in the landscape of '90s daytime television, Picard <laughs> is you know a Shakespearean character. De- uh, definitely, yeah. I suppose it's um, better than Days Are Alive. He has oh, Melville. How would you say that? Melvillean, <laughs> like Herman Melville, of Herman Melville complexity. I would, I would drape myself in Melville. Melvillean. Yeah. 
I'm a Melvelvian. I'm from Melvelvia. It's sunk. <laughs> One of the great Andy Kaufman jokes. Hmm. Marshmallow. Marshmallow. I'm trying to sound features. I, I, you know, Sean, I feel like you're rejecting this, but I like the fact that it's so deliberately un-sci-fi, <sighs> which originally from the TOS, from the original show, originally, 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 yeah, yeah. Um, was due to budget constraints. So well, like yeah, they just yeah. had to film where they could film. I totally understand that. But, but you know, looking at, at things now where the sci-fi elements are essentially window dressing, uh, it's nice to see a, a something that is in its bones science fiction and doesn't have to be on a starship and doesn't have to be shooting you know, photon torpedoes every second to remind you it's sci-fi. Sci-fi doesn't uh, have to be in outer space. It's kind of like the same problem I have with The Walking Dead. I still keep watching The Walking Dead because I keep hoping it'll be good, but it never is. And it's one of those things, like, I'm there to see we, we, spaceships. I'm there to see zombies. I'm not there. I don't care about Sean, who Sean, fucked who Sean, and who. Sean, we, need to listen. we can't talk over Row Row Row. We, we need to listen so to The lyrics are very simple. Sing this. Yeah. <laughs> I was passionate. Yeah, and that's why you had to be squashed yeah, like obviously, a bug. Yeah. I'm getting good at that. This scene is a triumph of cinema. This episode has a herky-jerky rhythm of a special song. <laughs> Do you kids like ska? <laughs> is This is a, a ska song? <laughs> row, row your boat could be interpreted by some people as a ska song. Well, you could. I mean, what is stupid, ska? Yeah. Some DJ is gonna listen to this and like remix this. I hope Sanj, are you into listening? Like a electronic. Yeah, they'd probably song. do dubstep anyways. Yeah. And I would love for one of our, our Icelandic listeners. <laughs> listeners to turn this into to turn "Row Row Row Your Boat" into, into a, a death a, metal anthem. Nope, into a ska upbeat ska song. There are some oh. great Star Trek remixes on YouTube. Would you say great? Yes, I think you did. Yes. Would I, you I, say I adequate? Great. Great. He's sticking with great. Yeah. Wow. That's like um, a war Star Trek Gold. fans. Sci-fi fans are simultaneously the most brutal, cruel people and the most forgiving. If I'm paying to go see a spaceship movie, I don't want to see three old fucks sitting around a campfire. That, that, was, see... that was most people's reaction to this. Oh, okay. Like, what no. are we watching? The Why normals. are we watching this? This was not a big this box is... office hit. Yeah. Okay, cool. Then but I, I want to point out, if you're paying money for Star Trek V, like, you should know what you're getting into. Again, 4 was really, like, was a smash. 4 was audience friendly yeah. because they had headbands and they had the hot mom from 7th Heaven and they w were in the 80s and they were whales. By the time you get into the fifth of anything, you can, uh, you should be able yeah, to jump you, in. Yeah, well, do you think people walked into Death Wish Five and they're like, "Oh, come on!" Like, if you paid for Death Wish Five, <laughs> you're getting what you deserve. Well, if you paid for Death Wish, you got exactly what you paid for, though. It was a dude going around shooting yeah, people yeah, in the okay. back. Like, we had five that, minutes that of promised nice... something and it delivered on it. This, this promised me spaceships. <laughs> we had five minutes. Of old men singing in Yosemite. <laughs> I know you're not a fan of the national park system, Sean. Oh, don't get me started. But some of us are. Republicans. Uh, this thing on is like ridiculous. And I don't know. It seems pretty cool to me. Yeah. He's going to play some serious video way. games. So the, the ILM had done the special effects for the previous three. They tried sense. to get ILM. They were like busy or something. So <laughs> they hired some calls. like independent guy who gave a good demo, but. Midway through the production, they realized, like, oh, oh, he does. 
these people don't know what they're doing. So <laughs> this looks no, this looks like state of the art uh, special effects from 1933. This looks like <laughs> King Kong ripping apart New York City. The Lumiere brothers would have been proud. <laughs> this actress and the guy I think we're like bodybuilders or something in real life, and they're mm. like friends, and they got along really well on the set. And on the the DVD commentary, William Shatner just like gushes over this guy. He's like. He put so much into the role. and This head Klingon guy? Yeah. I think both of them. So but. well sculpted. <laughs> Some days I just stare at him from across the set. Yeah. He had the perfect I had, forehead. I had a peephole drilled in his dressing room. Jesus. I would watch. Moved like a panther. <laughs> moved have like you, a panda. Have, have <laughs> That's more the William Shatner description. Yeah, totally. Have you ever heard that story, though, Charles? Look at me, look like a little panda bear. For, oh, it's uh, E.T. <laughs> E.T.'s e. e. family e. has come e. to rescue him. <laughs> have you heard the story about why uh, Sean Connery was originally cast in Dr. No? Uh, no, no, I don't. So he came in, he did the audition, read, blah, 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 walks out. Um, what's the guy's name? Mr. Broccoli? Sean, it lasted longer that time. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I'm getting better. So Sean Connery. <laughs> I'm doing nothing. Does his audition for Dr. No. It's fine. He walks out. He walks away. Chubby Broccoli. Cubby. Is it Cubby? Cub, cubby. Cubby. Cubby Broccoli. Cubby Broccoli. Uh, ask his wife, what do you think of that guy? Chubby Broccoli. And she, she is watching Sean Connery leave the studios mesmerized. Doesn't take her eyes off him. Turns Doesn't take her eyes off him, but says to her husband, he moves like a panther. I love that shot. <laughs> that, that is a good story, though. That is a good story. <laughs> this shot is good. But anyway, so Sean Connery cast because Chubby Broccoli's wife clearly wanted to fuck him. And maybe he had to think for Panthers. I understand. And that was uh, James Bond. Remember Ian Fleming like didn't like, didn't think Sean Connery looked like him? Well, like Ian Bond Fleming or looked like a piece of celery. Yeah, wasn't he like a scrawny-ass... Uh... Ian Fleming is not who you want to see That's why he screen. got betrayed by Broccoli. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I made a vegetable ah, joke. Hi-oh. You did! Charles, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Charles has a fairly, has a very healthy lifestyle. Charles is very physically active. Hmm. Charles, uh, the bike. Charles bikes around LA County. He knows all about the public transportation. He's a bit of a public transportation guru. Wow. Uh, Charles goes on 20, 30 mile bike rides for fun, you genuinely for fun. You have to be a guru in order to ride public transportation. <laughs> yeah, that, that it takes a lot of inner patience. It does. Inner calm. Um, it's like relaxing once you get a seat. I actually have no <laughs> idea what Charles' regular diet is like, but I assume it's healthy. Most of the time when I'm hanging out with Charles, we're watching Battlestar Galactica and we're eating greasy pizza that we bought for $9. By the way, want to point out, NoHo pizza, large cheese, 9 bucks, best fucking deal in NoHo. That sounds pretty decent. I Check kind of imagine out. eating, or uh, Charles eating some sort of like a pellet-based human feed <laughs> thing. <laughs> Charles, you want to respond to that? Repeat it. <laughs> Your diet is pellet based, pellet. like a hamster. Yeah, <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah, just I, uh, I have like a little tube coming out from my backpack, and I like <laughs> suck on it, and like a pellet comes out. I think part oh, of like that's true. Or something. I think part yeah. of that is true. Some sort of a little Maybe. feeder dispenser that uh, controls the intervals oh, of which shit. calories are ingested. I gotta, I gotta remember to uh, refill Charles's water bowl. <laughs> okay. So the ship being broken, uh-huh. like <laughs> silly slapstick humor, because the previous movie had been like a comedy hmm. studio. The same thing happened again with First Contact Insurrection, where um, 
the studio just like ordered them to make it funny. So they're like a bunch of like really forced. Right. Gotcha. Why did they even? Why did they think that would be now, funny? Joke. Now in let's here? just remember though, them yeah. going the other direction, a la Into Darkness, is no good either. Yeah. Like you gotta have the balance. You don't force the jokes, but don't force the drama. Like Star right. Trek should be a fun, entertaining ride that leaves you with a little something to think about. It Which should not be I, too ponderous. So what I loved about like the 2009 movie, like it oh, got that, that balance, yeah. just had a good time, and I think the 2009 is like the second best movie after Wrath of Khan. I loved the reboot. Yeah, I, yeah. nine was the first reboot, right? What was it? Nine? 2009. Two th- yeah, yeah 2009. Oh, uh, yeah, it was number ten. No, it was number eleven. That that was technically number eleven. It was eleven. Okay, breaking the odd even curse. <laughs> Nemesis broke the. Oh, because it's even sucked. blessing. Yeah, because it was in- and incredibly bad. Not only that, Star Trek Three is like good. It's not Wrath of Khan, but it's it's good. <laughs> well, actually, I was going to reference that uh, b- before we had one of our many hiccups. Yeah. Um, I would rather watch this than Search for Spock. Search for Spock mm, is a uh, better movie, uh, without a doubt. Search for I Spock's better, agree. but I would rather watch it. This. You can't disagree. It's my opinion. I would rather Spock watch this. <laughs> Uh, what's that? The search for Spock Khan. No, that would be Wrath of Khan. That's not okay. Sean... So Spock comes after. I've seen. Chaffa, can you believe yeah. this character over here? I, I, I believe. I don't qualify. As I want a nerd, to believe. I'm not cool enough. To You're be not nerd. that kind of nerd. Yeah. I like that bomber jacket. Not only is it a bomber jacket, but it's like a jean, blue jean bomber jacket. Yeah, I don't jacket. think that's technically a bomber jacket. It's got to have the the leather. I mean, it's got to have the leather. I think it's just got to have that little uh, upturned sheepskin thing. I don't know. I think that's that's a a herder's uh, outfit. (laughs) That's a shepherd boy's jacket. (laughs) Turn of the century. That's a uh, classic 1600 cut. You can tell by the buttons. That's what King David wore in his boyish years. Is that the guy that fought Goliath? That would be King David, yes. Goliath, Bathsheba, the other stuff. Apparently, David was a douchebag in that fight. Like in that they, fight? Yeah, they weren't supposed to have weapons, and he just kind of, like, picked up a rock. You ever heard of the American Revolution? We didn't play by the rules either, Sean. <laughs> the losers always complain about people breaking the rules. That's a good point. King David was a terrorist. Yeah. Sean. Sean. <laughs> Sean Nasty. Uh, Charles, would you like to weigh in? No. King David being a terrorist? No comment. No comment. <laughs> it's probably the smart choice. <laughs> Should we pay reparations to Goliath's uh, <laughs> his, uh, progeny? The Goliath disease? Yeah. It was 2,000 years ago. G- Goliath now lives in the... Uh, Wasn't that like five? The settlement. Yeah, yeah, it was like yeah. five. I don't know. Yeah, how old is the Earth, Charles? Uh, 6,564 years old. <laughs> Wait, how uh, old are we? The yeah, Earth, nothing the happened Earth, before we were born. The Earth born. began in 1980. That's yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite theories on Twitter.com is that the Earth began in 1901. What <laughs> is the reason? Nothing. Like, this is okay. just shout out to AtLexG3. Uh, he believes that the Earth began in 1901. The Civil War is made up, but not World War I. Hmm. I like the arbitrary nature of it. So we had, like, what, 20 years before we started a war? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> there were t- oh, we had to grow up. We the, had to the, get old enough. The to- Earth was created. <laughs> right. We all started and, at zero, and then everyone had to be like we 18 had, or 20 years old well, before no, they we, could have a war. We right? had a car in like 20 years. <laughs> yeah, totally. We went from stones to the Model <laughs> T in a couple of decades. That makes sense. It's all an illusion anyways, right? We're all in the Matrix. Oh, whoa. This sounds like a Queen song. By the way, I want to point out, so I talked to Charles about this. It's amazing as someone... 
I saw the movies. I saw all the movies before I saw any of the episodes. Hmm. I watched all the Star Trek movies and went back, watched TOS, watched TNG, watched Deep Space Nine, which, by the way, nerds, Deep Space Nine's the best. Deep Space Nine is the best Star Trek series. If you disagree, you are big-time dum-dum. Is that the Bacula one? The what? No, that one's... Scott Bakula. <laughs> that one's later. That's Enterprise, uh, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Deep Space Nine is kind of like the Western uh, set on a single location. Instead of exploring the universe, they're hunkered oh, down. wait. Deep Space Nine is the, the woman, right? The one that actually caused Barack Obama to win? That's Voyager. What? Oh, that's Earth Voyager. are you talking yeah, yeah. about? Vo- oh, no. This is like a uh, Chicago politics thing. So, like, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the Voyager chick and, and her husband were going to sex clubs. And so yes. that took them out of the race, and so Barack Obama stepped in, and that's kind of like how he got his political jump. Oh, I remember because, that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> now, Charles, that's the kind of trivia I wanted from you. That's why I invited you on this episode. That's like the only Star wow. Trek trivia. I know. No, but you, you blew everything else out of the water with that. Barack Obama becomes president because of this Star Trek actor's sex dalliances. Pretty much, yeah. That's extraordinary. Okay, the, so we lost the TV was... now. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck, Sean? We're, we're still recording and we're still hearing it. So. Oh, good. Uh, now but, it's on the laptop. It's from the laptop, yeah. The actress was uh, Jerry Ryan. Jerry I think Ryan, yep. was playing oh, 709. Totally. Like, oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, uh, oh, the sexy lady. I thought you meant the captain. I was like, that no, is no. crazy. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, Jerry the, Ryan makes sense. Yeah, yeah. The ca- uh, Jerry, Jerry Ryan wasn't the captain? No. Oh, okay. I thought she was the Whatever. She was like... Once she joined the show, she was like the second most important character. Okay. But wait a minute, is she still going to these sex clubs? I assume so. I mean, why not? Why would in Chicago? No. Well, no. I think. She, yeah. Give me a give me an address. <laughs> I'm sure you can find a sex club in L.A., dude. No, no, no. Star Trek <laughs> actors only. Where is Sulu? Is, is Sulu at Cheetahs? Oh Jesus God. <laughs> oh, okay. So back to my original point. So I watched all the movies, then I went back back and watched the episodes, and it blew me away that Sulu. And Chekhov, especially Uhura, somewhat like these guys were like nobodies, like they were barely in the series. And then you cut to the movies, and they're like all a gang, and they're like all old friends. And it's like, now this seems a little invented. This seems a little, a little made up, a little revisionist. Charles, you agree? Disagree? Um, yeah, I mean, like in the original, Scotty is like some big moments. Like I think each of them have just realized decent an- like secondary storylines, but they're definitely supporting like very much supporting roles. Whereas they're interchangeable. Yeah, like Chekhov comes and goes, Sulu comes and goes. Her is normally there. Chekhov's not even there until like season two. Uh, honestly, who's who's the blonde actress? Yeoman Ren. Yeah, she is a more important character than any of the people, any of the second tier people who made it to the movies. She is in way more episodes. I think she's just in season one. But I'm not sure. But she's like but still. It's, she's like important. She's like one of the main characters in the first she's, season. And I was like, that a sonic screwdriver. This shot looks like Doctor Who. It's very Doctor Who. He's got two sonic screwdrivers. I can't believe we just talked over the scene where there's an old timey like pirate. The the phrase was pirate steering wheel. What was the point of that one, Shafa? What what? The the old timey wooden pirate yeah, steering wheel. Oh, it's like uh, kind of a. Usually in most of the Enterprise, like, lounge rooms, there's some kind of memor- historical memorabilia from old sp- sailing ships. And, Makes um, sense. I can, like in Picard's, like, office, there's some... I'm sorry, I forgot skulls. what, but... 
that he drinks his Earl Grey out of. <laughs> Earl Grey, hot in the skull of my enemy. Space seems more boring than the ocean, though. Yeah, I would. I this think looks I would like the opening scene space. from Return of the Jedi. That looks like wow. That looks like hot garbage. You, is that, wow. They were just way too lazy to even get rid of the blue, or they just kind of thought. Uh, there's like a beeping sound effect in the shuttle. It's the uh -huh. same exact sound effect as the beeping sound effect in the like shuttle pod in 2001: A Space Odyssey. Okay, I want to retract my former statement. That was actually trivial. <laughs> like I said. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say that that like absolutely unacceptable mat work we just saw reminded mm. me of Cool World, the Brad Pitt oh, wow. movie, yeah, where the message is like don't have sex with cartoons. Cool really? World, yeah, don't date robots. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's like mm. if someone took the subtext of Roger Rabbit and made it into a whole movie, it'd be Cool World starring Brad Pitt. Roger Rabbit was actually about transportation conspiracies. Which is... Yeah, but it's also about Bob Hoskins wanting to get it on with a cartoon. Well, I mean, I mean Roger Rabbit. That, 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 no, yeah. uh, Bob Hoskins. Everyone wanted to fuck uh, uh, Jessica Rabbit. Roger Rabbit. Yes. <laughs> and that baby. <laughs> and that wolf. Sylvester was a slut. This is, this is another moment. It certainly is a moment. Yep. Time is trickling by. Mm-hmm. Just it's a moment. I don't know what wow. else to say about oh, it. Wow! Oh right, I remember this. Uhura doing her, you this, know, sexy palm leaf. Dance. That's Uhura. Yeah. This is, is it, like this is how Christ was uh, welcomed into Jerusalem. She's got to be like fifty here, right? Yep. Sean, that's ageist. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> God, I wish you would run for office. You'd be a regular Trump. <laughs> Guns Her, uh, for everyone, abortions for everyone, yeah. and uh, no a, old a people. A fifty-something goddess, Sean, <laughs> dancing in front of the green moons. Uh, the green moons of my father. How green was my father? Hmm. I'm just reeling these off. Yeah, yeah. Red. Red. Internet people's like bashing the scene for objectifying Uhura. <laughs> yeah, but it's objectifying yeah. like you know a fifty-something woman. So or maybe it... not objectifying, but like no, it is objectifying her yeah, for sure. But it's... isn't that in itself yeah. radical, Charles, it's... to objectify an older woman? It's like celebrating plus-size models. It's uh, you know, PC. It's, it's a dual-edged sword, is what it is. It is. There's nothing sexier than broadswords, I've noticed. Broads with swords? No, surprisingly. <laughs> real quick, real quick. Uh, this will be the last thing we say on Star Trek, or Star Wars. It's the last thing we say on Star Trek. <laughs> Silence for the next hour. <laughs> last thing we say on Star Wars. Talk about the Phantom Menace for the rest of the movie. I was, yeah. I could easily. <laughs> uh, I was in a Michael's recently, and there were two young children, boys, of course, talking with their father, looking at Star Wars posters. <laughs> it was the poster of that new Adam Driver nerd with the stupid-looking star uh, lightsaber with the three things, with Dig. the two prongs and yeah, the big yeah. prong. And uh, they were looking at it, and one of the kids went, cool, Darth Maul. And the other kid went, that's not Darth Maul. Darth Maul has two. He has three. And the father says, how can he have three? It's a lightsaber. And this uh, conversation repeated three or four times. Hmm. This but is... I am on the side of that kid being like, Darth Maul forever. This kid is probably eight years old, was not alive. Yeah, was not alive when fucking, <laughs> I think about it for a second, when uh, Phantom Menace came out. So good for him. I mean, Darth Maul was cool in the previews and whatnot. Darth Maul is always cool. He, Darth Maul is cool because he doesn't say anything. That's true. He's probably the best part of <laughs> that fucking cool. movie. Shafa, is Darth Maul cool? Yes, and uh, 
I think one of the main problems with the prequels is they killed him too early. <laughs> Very true. Like I know I don't care if there's no like in the when Count Dooku dies, like who we just met him. Who cares? I understand Wasn't what you're saying. Like, I feel like, like it was the guy who killed Qui Gon and be like, yeah, they finally got him. Yeah, but we kill him yeah. in that one movie. It's fucking awesome. We not only do we kill him, we slice him in half like a piece of bologna. But wasn't there like no real build up to Darth Maul? Like he just kind of appeared. He's just he's like well, shows he's up a he's a then, lackey. But... It's like killing Odd Job or something. Oh, like, he is not. He's really? just yeah. I thought he's... Darths were like you know oh. Darths are. I mean, even in the original trilogy, they, he's like um he's a servant to the Emperor. So Darth Maul is also a servant to the same emperor. Well, yeah, I thought he was like the right hand man, though. I mean, you no, know, he's like... the apprentice. Yeah, he is. He's the apprentice, though. He's not the main villain. Uh, yeah, he's the I main guess. villain in that movie, right, which is why but... that movie's the best. Well, yeah, and I mean, like, just the way that Darth Vader was built up, you would think that like you would establish that sort of villainy before you off the guy. But um... I-, I still contend the more villains talk, the less enjoyable they are. The less people love them. I could see that. If you have a villain who says five, ten lines in the entire movie, people will become obsessed. It's like Terminator. Again, Boba Fett syndrome. Boba Fett says seven lines, and nerds are still obsessed with him. Boba Fett is not an interesting character. He's just a blank canvas people can project their obsessions on. Uh, the uh, Who was the, the villain in the original uh, Die Hard? Uh, what's that guy's name? Hans Gruber? Yeah, yeah. How, well, either way. I mean, how, how are we talking over this lioness attacking <laughs> William Shatner? Why is there water in the pool table? I have table? a counterpoint to what you said. Khan. Okay. Khan. Talks a lot. Yeah. Yeah, but that's also that's the basis. Of, yes. Yeah. Khan is then... He... So as we were saying, there's no need to argue any further because you agree with me. Exactly. <laughs> no, but Khan, <laughs> yeah. Khan is written as a super genius. Like, he's supposed to be a you know very literate, intelligent, articulate person. Yeah. Darth Vader's not particularly articulate. Like, what's cool about Darth Vader isn't you know, uh, philosophical arguments he's making is that he gets shit done and looks cool yeah. and says stuff like, well, and, what does he say? Basically, he refutes things other people say, and he's like, cut the shit. Tell <laughs> me what I need to know. And I, in general, I, if they like, leave something up to someone's imagination, they'll fill it with cooler stuff. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, generally. Yeah. I read this incredible essay about why Darth Vader was a great villain because he's like, um, in the 1980s mold of an American middle manager <laughs> who gets shit done, and we respect it. Because <laughs> he's got to put up with his, you know... By any means, and surrounded <laughs> well, by assholes. he's got to put up with his boss who's riding his ass, and, you know, like, <laughs> he has to deal with a lot of bureaucracy. Go ahead, Charles. The guy behind him, yeah. the bald guy, yeah. his expression. Uh-huh. Hopefully they'll show him again. Is a Russian? Oh, is it... Isn't that the guy like from the beginning? leaning over his shoulder with his mouth, like, gaping open. Oh, it's Cybok. Behind, hey, hey guys, Cybok. gang, it's Cybok. He's back after all these years. <laughs> Cybok has returned. Is this someone we're supposed to know? Uh, n- no. Okay. Well. This is someone that is known in the universe? No, just like oh. appears in this movie. Gotcha. There's that expression. Okay. I gotta say, though, um, whatever, whatever you'd like to demean this film for, sweater game on fleek. <laughs> Right? Am I wrong, Sean? It's more of a cape game. No, those sweaters are pleated and looking nice, looking fine. Mm, turtlenecks about. <laughs> turtlenecks and sweaters. This is like very comfortably ensconced in that like the the cat the wardrobe for the human characters is basically out of a late eighties Woody Allen movie. <laughs> like this looks like something, you know, 
uh, Max von Sydow would wear in like um, Hannah and her sisters. Hmm. Yeah, that does look very eighties uh, sweaterish. You know, a uh, an adulter, uh, an adulter, adulteress, adulteress, not adulteress, adulteress, literary professor would wear that sweater. I don't know the difference. Adulteress is someone who is an adulterer, mm-hmm. and adulteress is a woman who's an adulterer. Those words are very similar, and I immediately regretted my choice. Wow, that's like uh, comedian and comedian. Yes, exactly. I refuse to use the word heroin, comedian. heroin. Oh, God. Give me some heroin. Get me through this. Yes, give me a strong <laughs> female lead. Mad Max Fury Road for your consideration. Jesus. This is kind of Mad Max. Drive 20 minutes one way and drive 20 minutes back. Great movie. It's pretty good, Sean. You know, I'm, there's I'm something just... there's something to be said for a plot point that is point A to point B to point A. <laughs> I'm I, not opposed to it. No, I understand. I just can't. I I can't tolerate movies that are just all action these days. It just there's you know I've seen enough shit blow up. Give me something. You ever thought about joining ISIS? <laughs> like the Klingon theme. So during our, our latest break, <laughs> our latest commercial interruption, we should really put in putball commercials between all those. Uh, then the sync of the movie would be way off. That's fine. <laughs> That's true. You know, no, you know what I think. We haven't said anything in no, time I, with anything. <laughs> this, this entire um, experience, this entire endeavor, for me, is a big middle finger to our audience. <laughs> Every moment I'm on the show. Isn't the show a big middle finger? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. I'm just oh, seething with movie. anger. Yeah, yeah. Anyone who would listen to this is not a friend of mine. I'm well aware of your rage towards our, our listeners and <laughs> disdain for accumulating more listeners. Rage doesn't quite <laughs> cover it. According to Wheeler, we are a success because we continually lose listeners. <laughs> We're not shedding them fast enough. <laughs> Okay, we're not shedding the weight fast enough. There's still a dozen people listening. We're doing something wrong. Yeah, we're like we're like a plane trying to achieve liftoff. You got to throw out the Steinway. You got to throw out the elephant. So Charles asked me for advice during our, our latest commercial break. He asked me what he should be doing oh, Lord. differently. And what did I say, Charles? Uh, more entertaining. I said be funnier. Okay. Act harder. Knock, and, knock. And be more entertaining. Who's there? Godzilla? No. Nope. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was the answer. G- Godzilla who? <laughs> who the fuck doesn't know who Godzilla is? That was accidentally perfect. Land shark. Charles is a master of anti humor. Kind of like mole beer. It's very good, also quite strong. But... I could use some mole beer. Oh, man. I've... What was the joke? It was, gonna, it was somewhere between mower and mole, but it just. Molar? I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm a maybe, horrible pun. Maybe we should retire. Yeah, dude. I'm, maybe this is a sign from God. I am useless. I, I burnt up all my energy on the solo podcast, and <laughs> there's just nothing left yeah. for you, Wheeler. Yeah, but to be fair, you really fucking shred on the end of the fourth <laughs> one. I mean, I, I didn't see that guitar solo coming. <laughs> and when you set about- fire to the, the pickups, I mean, that's really a finale. Well, I, I started kicking them over because I got excited, and then, you know, electrical fires because the wiring was bad. I thought it was a grease fire. <sighs> well, it's- From all the flop sweat. Hi-oh. Another fat joke. Is that, a, is that directed at me? Yeah, totally. Nice, dude. Faster, State-of-the-art state special effect coming up. Yeah, those look really bad, Charles. 
those would look bad in like a Tom and Jerry cartoon. Like there's just no no shading or detailing in those. Shatner was like envisioning this as like the most visually exciting. I mean, the movie. lighting is great. I really enjoy it. I think it captures that TOS spirit. I think it looks like a cinematic adaptation of the TV show. It's just whenever they do a special effect, it suddenly looks like, you know, you're in Cheese Town. Yeah, I'm surprised they're not doing the Keystone Cops thing where they're just like running in front of a spinning wheel of a background. I just, I really, this Klingon like cracks me up. No, it is a, so uh, a hearty, masculine language mm-hmm. spoken by true warriors. I the, best confused. the second best special effect in the movie is coming up. I don't know if this is going to be in sync or not. Was it that? Um, is that it? I'll let you know. Was that it? It's How actually. That? It might be like a few beats later. <laughs> oh, uh, we just missed it. <laughs> yep. That's it. That's that, believe definitely... it or not, was not it. Oh. It was ridiculous. All oh, those blowjobs for nothing. Okay, here we go. The... Cut and paste. Drag the Enterprise across the screen with a mouse. Maybe I overhyped that. I don't um, know. Well, that, I, just... I think that was making the best of a bad situation. Yeah, that was and... actually better than a lot of the effects in the... But it was like okay. they used... like Obviously, it's not going to look photorealistic, so it looked kind of painterly and expressionistic. It like, was very Bob Ross. Yes, very much. <laughs> really, though. But Happy it, little warp trail. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a special effect that's not trying to look realistic, which I think are the most magical special effects. Just so, you paint know, some happy little warp trails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a nice little like red schmear. <laughs> a schmear of a tree in space. What makes this special effect different from all other special effects, Charles? The schmear. <laughs> what makes an effect special and not just an effect? Maybe we should start doing like rabbinical pop podcasts. That's Rabbinic? a pretty big audience, right? So we have to learn Yiddish? I remember referring to like bagel spreads of schmears uh-huh. growing up. Yeah. Did that get you crucified? No, I'm yeah. still here. Shots fired. Yeah. Not in the movie. <laughs> not a lot of shots fired in this movie. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of spaceships. They're them, on a spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> no, not enough spaceships. They're on a spaceship within another spaceship. I'm How many so spaceships do you want? about Yosemite. <laughs> Yosemite's great. Yosemite. Yosemite was a big underwriter on this film. <laughs> the National Parks Program. Yeah. Spent $11 million on this. Well, they the... donated the map painting. <laughs> the Iron Curtain fell, so all of that propaganda money we had pouring into the anti-Russian movies had to go somewhere. Oh, yeah. This movie made $100 million. Did it really? actually had the, the biggest opening weekend. Ever? Up till, no, of the Star Trek movies up to that point, and then it just dropped fell off. off. Yeah. No one ever you see, waited nerd properties tend Trek. to be front-loaded. Oh, Cybok, you're not going to get past Spock. Wait, were people camped out for this like they did for the Star Wars? I, I, I can't that. imagine. Nah. Not for Star Trek V. Yeah. I kind of like this scene. It's decent drama. They were still camping out for the third but... Star Wars, though. Yes. I think Shat- Shatner wants Shatner's blood. Shatner's performance in this movie, I think, is actually like a little bit better. Well, Maybe because he's, it's his project, so yeah. he's more into it. But <laughs> well, here's what I'm going to say: he seems alive. This is a this sounds like a joke. I'm not joking. Shatner understands Shatner. Yeah, he does. Like he knows his strengths and weaknesses. And I think for all of his egoism, I think he has an understanding of what he can do as an actor, and he definitely understands what he looks good doing. So the director really brought out the best in William Shatner. <laughs> the director brought out the best in William Shatner in Star Trek V: The Domination. <laughs> 
Really, though, he's look, William Shatner does not have the most range in the world. It's all a pretty high pitch. But within that range. No, he was really afraid of that gremlin on uh, Twilight Zone. Yeah, it's the same range. <laughs> you know, it's like the high C on a piano. Um, I think he's great mm, in that. I see. Uh, oh, the, like the, the sugary the drink. drink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like sweet things. Pepsi or Coke? Mm, Pepsi. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Charles, Pepsi or Coke? I gotta say Coke. Yes. Pepsi's like a little too sweet. There's something's Pe- Pepsi is like something's Coke has been left out. Coke is yeah. just propaganda. Pepsi is flat and too sweet. Coke I've been in communist. like a like a European like seltzer uh, water. Co- seltzer water. Oh like, god. It, yeah, I, oh. I don't know. It just has <laughs> it's like so an extra flat punch. And so uncarbonated. Coke tastes like battery acid, especially. By the way, can. Coke won the Cold. I'll Coke. say it again because I mean it. Coke won the Cold War. Coke and blue jeans and Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> That's what they wanted. That's what they got. God damn it. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt it. It's all a conspiracy. And then, and then Bruce released Nebraska, and the the Soviets thought, mm, is it too late for an empire? That's that's a. That's a very deep cut for the three uh, Bruce Springsteen fans out there. Nebraska. Let's that's play an a album. Quick game. The uh, yes. is that with the little pink houses? Shut your face. Sorry. But look at what it says behind him. No idea. Oh well, cut back to it. Something about space talk. Like don't use in space talk. Is a toilet. Oh, uh, I see. There, that's a, like a toilet. A toilet joke. Like haha, they have a, like a toilet in their prison cell. That's funny. Those are giant Maybe. shoulder pads. Like, what kind of physique is this meant for? Isn't that's the eighties, right? Yeah, but it's like drooping. Shoulder pads in the age were supposed to pump up your shoulders to look like a linebacker. Yeah, but Spock was the number two. Shatner was in charge. He couldn't have anyone with higher shoulder pads than him. What I'm saying is like the 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 patch on the shoulders goes so far down the chest, it's weird. Oh, that's that's for your gun. Like they they took the uh, the the British military sweater yeah, yeah. and they were like, let's change it slightly so it's futuristic. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, right. We're back to watching the plot now. Uh, just... Fox saying, oh, he's my brother that I've, like, never mentioned before. You know what would make this scene a lot better? Half-brother, sorry. A campfire. <laughs> you want to make this a lot better is some <laughs> Jetsons rocket boots. Totally. So why does the doctor have, like, a green bean collar? Uh, Everyone's wearing white collars. So like, in the real Navy, like, him? a different color shirt signifies, like, a different department. Uh, yeah. He's, like, got medicine. Gr- he's got science. a green. Yeah. Segregation. Eat your vegetables is what he's saying. You say segregated? Yeah. Desegregate the army. All ranks are equal. <laughs> privates can privates can order generals around. This army is a dom- democracy, son. Yeah. Lieutenants can declare war. <laughs> they pretty much do. So Wait, Cybok. Cybok! He was a real captain? He's supposed no. to be some kind of like commentary on televangelists, which like we're just Wait, starting really? to like become popular around that time. Yeah, like Shatner saw a televangelist and was like terrified. So he he wanted to make the villain basically a televangelist. Uh, Every time I look at Cybok, he looks like the drawing on the cover of um, Settlers of Catan. (laughs) That's all I think of when I see his vest is Settlers of Catan. You don't seem like a gamer to me. Would you call someone who plays board games a gamer? No, that's usually reserved for the video game. Would you just game. call them a father or a child? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's games are one of those weird things where, like, 
you need friends to play them. So, like, you can't be that big of a loser if you play board games, right? Oh, dude, <laughs> having friends does not not make you a loser. Some of the biggest losers I ever knew had tons of friends. Oh, uh, good point. I don't have any friends, so does that make me cool? You had one friend, and you threw him away for four. Oh, that is. Can I do my bit now, Sean? Yeah. You had one friend, Sean, and you threw him away for four shots at Solo Glory. And you know what? It was worth it. It was only supposed to be one shot, and Charles I talked way too long. While I refresh what? our drinks, you take my place. Oh, I, 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 I cannot. No one can replace you. D Sprouse tried. He just kind of kept talking like a freight train, and that uh, that seemed to work. But uh, I think that's just kind of the 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 idea of being the wheelman is you just don't stop talking. You don't allow things to happen. You just kind of keep that stream of consciousness going until there's no more words left in the word bank to spit out at the people. Speaking of Wheelman, I was watching uh, Return to Oz with uh, two friends back in college. Oh, with the wheelie and, fuckers? Um, yeah, the, the, the wheelers Is that what it was, out. wheelers? Yeah. It's like, beware the wheelers, and we, we had a good laugh about oh, that. They're probably listening to this. But... I'm sure the wheelers are big fans of the wheelman. Mm -hmm. uh, All oh. my friends from college are dead. You killed them? Oh. Oh, wow. It just sunk in. Hm. What did? I nope. just thought you were laughing at the concept of the wheelers. I didn't even put it together that you guys were laughing at Eric. Yeah. Well, yeah. kind of both. What? Yeah. yeah. I'm not a smart man. What? <laughs> I'm just getting up to speed. <laughs> <laughs> laughing at me? <laughs> they, it was with. It was at. It was let me, let me tell you my life philosophy, which I learned from Twitter.com. Hmm. Don't at me. Okay. I don't know what that means. Like, don't talk to me? Like, talk to the hand? It's basically talk to the hand, but I it's don't, don't at symbol me. You should just get, like, an at symbol tattooed on the palm of your hand, and then you could like, <laughs> shove it in people's faces. Real quick, real quick. I want both of you. We'll do it one at a time. We'll actually do it simultaneously. I want you to review D Sprawls' impression of me trying to fill in for the wheel man. <laughs> simultaneously. Oh, simultaneously. Simultaneously go. Uh, yeah, so yeah. basically the entire concept, like uh, I was saying, is that you I just talk nonstop, and uh, the, uh, the big D was uh, pretty big. decent at it. You know, you barely let me get a word in edgewise, and that's pretty much all you need to do to be the wheel man, right? Because, he was out you know, of control. If I was the wheel man, I'd just kind of keep talking no matter what anyone did. I uh, ran out of words. Sorry. He was out of control. Sorry, I kind of failed there. No, no. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Yeah, yeah, he was a um, a tyrant and a... Um... I feel like he was meaner than I am. <laughs> yeah, he does. I feel like I'm mean, but I'm mean in, like, clearly a, a rapscallion sort of way. Like, there's, you know, no harm, no foul. An mm. Another great special effect is coming up. Uh-oh. Is it the Forrest I'm, again, face? probably overhyping it. This kind of a special effect. The Forrest does kind of have, like, a Buster Keaton face in this one. Like, that very expressive character actor withered worn out face mm -hmm. in a good way i know that sounds mean but like it's very ex unattractive men as they get older can get very interesting faces was that the big special effect oh that's yes. it it's, yes that's it's pretty like good tinfoil again that's totally. that's classic scotty though it's better than some of the effects i've done <laughs> <laughs> you you're talking about uh pussy man for the celebration uh, four through six. That's my um. That by the way, that's a real title, and that's my second favorite subtitle ever. Really, the is celebration. 
it's uh yeah it's only nine i mean the celebration that i mean the i think of the dogma movie that's all i know i love the idea that there's no tension in a movie it just opens it's a party for 90 minutes everyone (laughs) feeling good pussy man for the celebration wow is that like house party um i think it's an actual pornographic film oh it is a porn okay right on by the way this scene looks friggin' great i love this this is like with a zoom, with a zoom in and wow. a zoom out. TNG set. Yes, clearly a TNG set. All right, now this now pay good. attention. That's pretty nice. Pay attention to the number of the decks. <sighs> what is this? This is some oh, mathematical nerd joke. I hate math. Do they go to floor thirteen and there's zombies everywhere? Charles, um, I'm gonna enjoy this. This one I can't take credit for. There was another commentary on YouTube about like Star Trek Five, and then like they pointed this out. But this set looks really good. Uh, yeah. This set looks great too. This yeah, movie's full yeah. of good sets. This See, is... the set designer's pretty good. He this... did uh, the TNG sets too. His name is Herman Zimmerman. He did Hans Zimmerman. Hans' his brother after like '87. Um, what was that? We we're just making a stupid joke together simultaneously. He's Two got, become one. It's Hans' brother. He's got uh, synesthesia, so instead of music, <laughs> he sees lights everywhere. Yeah, but these aren't droning. <laughs> this is like vibrant and colorful. Well, he sees them so quickly that he f- the flashes make him. Sure. I'm sorry. Oh, we never uh, we never hashed out uh, logo gate. Oh, when you tried to force a <laughs> shitty new logo down my throat. You know me, Sean. I like the classics. I like World War II propaganda. Loose lips sink ships. Someone talked. I think it's I think it's a perfect image. It's got that. Jackson's uh, boots. Ooh. It's got that um, totalitarian, despotic Americana vibe that I enjoy so much. I suppose. The yeah. good old days when the government was much more, um, you know, in our face. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why I, I well, I didn't really ration your food, recycle your tires, but, win the war effort. Yeah, no, I, I like it. I, I think it's funny. And I don't know. I think it's good. I think it fits our aesthetic. And this new thing you designed, <laughs> it looks like an emoji. That was, yeah. I mean, it, it no. was a very literal concept of a, uh, of a text before calling or whatever. Look, it's not our our audience. We're never going to attract my sixty one year old girlfriend. <laughs> well, that Benjamin Button's really fire, catching up there. Fire the rocket! Uh-huh. Yeah, voice activated. Look at the numbers. Now I just want to point. Oh, Look he's at them. Clearly riding an elevator thing. Do you see it? No. What the numbers? It, it went from like fifty to sixty to fifty. Oh God. Charles, are you one of those people who spends time on the goofs page of IMDb? <laughs> There's a goof page. Goofy. Yeah, I'm, we all like lols, right? If you, uh, I'm on okay. just issue a pronouncement here. Like when if, that dude hung himself in the Wizard of Oz. If you, you don't have the flamingo in the background. It's, it's flam- That's what it is. Uh, it's a flamingo spraying its wings. It's amazing that anyone ever misinterpreted that. Like I've it must never have actually been, looked at it. It must have been like a fourth generation VHS dupe because oh, it's really? just a flamingo that spreads its wings. That's huh. all it is. Um, if you have ever spent time on the IMDb goose page, IMDb, IMDb. If you've ever opened the IMDb Goose page and looked at it, even glanced at it, like the ring video. <laughs> yeah. Like this technical mistake. <laughs> <laughs> like this technical mistake. There should be a Goose page for text before calling. Oh, man. Is there a podcast database? Boner's not even here today, so I don't even have anyone to blame. Yeah, we'll still blame him. This, By the way, this episode has been engineered by Joe Pussymaster Bonier. Um, but no, if, you're, if your takeaway from a film is a technical mistake then you are a slug or it was a really crappy film and you had nothing better to if you're if to. you spend time logging onto imdb and registering a goof in die hard or the magnificent ambersons or something 
you are a bad per- you are a bad person. I'm not joking. You are I, a bad person. I think they're fun. I, I I'm a good, I'm a good person. <laughs> What's that? Charles I'm is a, a good, good person, person against all odds. <laughs> the math doesn't add up, but somehow it works out. Charles actually is one of the, Charles is probably the best person I know in my life. Charles um, spent time mentoring Nepalese orphans. Wow. Charles, am I wrong? Uh, no, you're not. No, I'm not wrong. <laughs> Charles gives back to the community. That's crazy. Try. You try and you succeed. Try. Yeah. Let's talk about this beer we're drinking, Charles. Um, this is a stone this beer. Is, uh, this is the French. Uh, the finest French. Uh, vintage, bottled. Bottled. Uh, Action, Olsen. I like the coffee the, the, the French. This is a, another big yeah. nerd reference. Your father smelt of elderberries. So this is a medieval-style ale from our friends at Stone Brewing. So it's meant to mimic the kind of alcoholic beverage they would drink in the 14th, 15th, 16th centuries before they knew what bacteria and yeast was. In the before time? Yeah, sort of mead-ish. Uh, Meet me in the meadle. Uh, <laughs> Malcolm in the Meadle. Wouldn't you love to hear a beer, pa- like a ancient ale beer based podcast starring the kid from Malcolm in the Middle? What's his name? Frankie Muniz? Oh, wow. Called Malcolm in the Meadle. It's just <laughs> like a 14 episode mead review with oh. Frankie Muniz. I would listen to the shit out of that. Um. Yeah. Quite possible. I mean, you know, I definitely have to check out one episode just on. Uh, yeah, it's based pun on alone. Pun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I should not be this delighted with my own pun, but pun power. Here we are. Uh, puns you know, are the highest form of comedy. Did you know I'm a published and paid pun author? I did not know that. Once I won a gift card, a twenty dollars <laughs> gift card for a pun that was then included on a restaurant menu. Oh, fantastic! And another time, I wrote a pun that was uh, that made it onto a uh, WNYC syndicated show. Ooh, which show? Uh, Science Friday. Oh, uh, that's not one on my list. I've been on the radio. <laughs> Technically, oh, it's a, it's a girly laugh. <laughs> not not only not in a diminutive uh, like. Um, so mean way than me. No, I'm saying that was funny to hear that laugh from you. Mm, yeah. It was so childlike and free. It's a dad car because it's got all the buttons. No, no, not dad car. It's a dad joke. I'd say it's my James Bond car. Hashtag Quantum of Solace because in Quantum of Solace, James Bond drives a Ford Focus, really? which is a sin against God. That was the point, though. No, the Same. point is that movie sucks. I haven't seen any Bond movie ever. No, I, Quantum of Solace. I think it just wasn't Casino Royale. It wasn't. Oh, I, Quant- I'm not, I know I'm on thin ice here. But. Quantum of Solace wasn't Tomorrow Never Dies. Quantum of Solace, I think, is bad. And I freaking loved Casino Royale. I have nothing against Daniel Craig or that era or doing uh, the, their portrayal of the character. I just. That movie had so much potential and it was so much of a wet fart to me. I, I, I can't really argue that. I know you, it like, kind you of like it more is, than I do. Uh, I just don't mind it as much. I think it's like, and then, like, it's different from, like, some of the other Bond movies because it's so kind of morose. What was the Bond and, movie that um, wasn't a Bond movie with Richard Grieco? The what, what? You stumped me. Really? Are you thinking uh, of Never Say Never Again with Sean or, Connery? Or the one, no, the, no. the, the other Casino Royale? Are you thinking of the Matador one? with Pierce Brosnan? No, it was, ba- it was like a, that was a great movie. late yes, 80s, really early 90s uh, star. Remington Steel with Pierce Brosnan? 
Are you thinking of the Thomas Crown Affair remake with Pierce Brosnan? Was it Licensed to Kill? No, that was that an was actual a Bond, Bond movie. Are you thinking yeah. of Mrs. Doubtfire with Pierce Brosnan? Speaking of Licensed no. to Kill, the fish statue? <laughs> yes! Everyone should turn off this movie, watch Licensed <laughs> to Kill, and wait for the scene where Timothy Dalton wakes up and stares at a fish statue. It is the greatest cut. It is the greatest sh- uh, shot, reaction shot, in James Bond history. I think for the people who know what I was referring to, we were like watching Licensed to Kill in the Portland Street house. Wheeler's room. It's me, Ryan, and Wheeler. Eric. If looks and kick the we man. did that, just, we were like bored out of our minds, and they cut to this statue, and we just died laughing. It's a good story. Anyway, sorry. Oh no, I just realized it was yeah. if looks could kill. Looks. What? I've never sounds, seen that. That sounds like yeah. a John Cusack movie. It it's like it it's literally just like a bad Bond ripoff movie with starring Richard Grieco. Where like someone finds Who is Richard Grieco, uh, Twenty One Jump Street, the original show. Um, he was he not Johnny Depp? Uh, yeah, basically he was <laughs> okay. he was the guy that wasn't Johnny. Um, have you ever seen the? Uh, um, oh shit! What was the? I can't help you. Yeah, no, I'm just great, brain great, fart. great reference, the, solid reference. Yeah, the Saturday Night Live movie about the guys that went to the disco all the time. No, doesn't matter. There's something about his face. What's the name of the villain from Tomorrow Never Dies, Charles? Uh, don't remember. He was played by, by Jonathan Price. Jonathan Price. Yeah, that's what I was asking. I don't remember the There's name of the character. something about Cybok that reminds me of Jonathan Price. I want him to do his horrible racist kung fu. I want Cybok to do his kung fu. I'd almost forgotten about that scene. Now, to be fair. This will be fixed. Now, to be fair, you're not supposed to like Jonathan Price in Tomorrow Never Dies. It, it is a startling scene when he goes, and does catching his, me off guard because it comes in like through. at the serious moment, or right. well, not serious, but supposed to be intense. And will he actually kill? I, I defend it because moment. I think he's supposed to be a de- detestable character. I don't think having a racist movie, a racist character in your movie, makes it racist. Not to say that the vast majority of James Bond movies are not racist, they certainly are. But I think they become less racist as the years go by. Like if you compare that to Goldfinger or something, any are fucking you only live twice. Like that movie is crazy wow. racist. Oh, when they uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, Sean Connery, quote unquote, look Japanese. Yes. Tomorrow Never like, Dies is is enlightening compared to that. Yes, it's terrible. Uh, great set design though. Yeah, almost on par with Star Trek. Iconic, Five. iconic set design. Yes. The one that was most referenced in Austin Powers, the hollowed out volcano. And the villain. That is that is peak Bond right there, the hollowed out volcano. They really, you know, if they had shut things down after after uh, You Only Live Twice, I feel like the Bond iconography for the most part would still live on. Yeah. You have a hollowed out volcano. That was, o- that was only they, one episode or one movie? Where else could they go from there? Like, that was, there was nowhere else to go from everything there. Everything else is diminishing returns. Yeah. Which that is was... why the like uh, more down to earth bonds tend to work better, because yeah, like they... you can't top the volcano. Yeah, so but they only they only that. work every fifteen years. Like That's they true. only work as a respite to the other ones, as a contrast to the other ones. So you that have to true. have three, four, five overblown ones, and then you go, oh, what a relief! We're like back they, to planet Earth. They get progressively more overblown with a few corrections here and there. It's like, the same cycle. Like, um, you well, you got... have to keep wowing people. Well, Bob Ross is out again. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> Charles, what is happening? <laughs> that was like a, a melted uh, watercolor. Uh, 
That's what it's I like see when I close my eyes. One of those Photoshop randomization What, what I see when I close my eyes is DeForest Kelly. This is kind of cool. Uh, yeah, it's like bad, like it's honest, bad it's, but cool. It seems like a cut-rate version of Star Trek 1. Like that, the the special yeah, effects in Star Trek comparison. 1 are amazing. And there's like a similar scene where they're flying through some energy cloud, but it looks ridiculous. It looks like CGI, yeah. but good CGI, except it's just watercolors. Well, this clearly just looks like closely photographed ink. Yeah. Like the first one looks incredible. Like those special, that's money well spent. The no. first one, the special effects really do rival like 2001. The movie is not good, but the special effects are top notch. The special effects here just look like a t like a precocious teenager. Yeah, this is just someone playing with some smoke in a film printer. Yeah, this is like, you know, Phil Tippett at 14 years old. I don't know who that is. Uh, you know, I'm going to quote Sanj here. Like that Phil moment. Tippett, look special effects guy. Look it up. <laughs> Google it, whatever he says. He did the Your Beloved ED-209. ED two oh Ed two oh nine yeah from uh we're on a first name base oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so in case it's scaring you see I mean I understand why people love Star Trek four and I love it too it's a fun movie but this to me like Star Trek four is for people who don't like Star Trek and that's fine there's a reason for that to exist it's it's good to bring more people into the fold yeah. into the cult it's like the now let's try something different like yeah film. it's just it's there's nothing wrong with making a movie for all audiences, but this is a movie. If you like Star Trek, there's no reason you shouldn't like Star Trek Five. When well, does Will Wheaton show Star Trek up? fans don't like. Well, our Star Trek fans are pieces of shit. That's true. Hey, now. Not you, Charles. You're a good person. I <laughs> you mentor. You mentor the Nepalese children. Hmm. I'm gonna read to you. Uh, is that all it takes? Um, Would I be a good person if I went to Nepalese? Yes. But you won't. No, no, I'd rather go kill fish. Therefore, you're not a good person. So, um, Phil Tippett, just going to read off some of his selected filmography. The Crater Lake Monster. Star Trek Episode Four: A New Hope. Whatever that is. Uh, Star Trek Episode Five: Star Trek. Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Dragon Slayer. Howard the Duck. Robocop. Willow. Robocop 2. Jurassic Park. Dragonheart. Starship Troopers. I am the last one. Who the is this? The Twilight Saga. New Moon. Jurassic World. This is Phil Tippett. He did. He was like a big stop motion guy. Okay. That's that's really where he made his bread and butter. He did the uh, the ATST, the Chicken Walker, in, uh, mm. in Return of the Jedi, and whatnot. I wish that movie oh, was did, called Return of the Jurassic Jedi and whatnot. World? He was a consultant on Jurassic Consul World. Okay, consultant. He told them how to move things really slowly. By the way, I don't know if you guys saw this hilarious poll uh about the force awakens i know i said we stopped talking about star wars but i'll clearly never stop talking yeah, about star that's wars an impossibility uh so they had this poll about the star wars movie it's like not and, talking about boobies <laughs> and you know i don't know who was asked or who was polled in this but who, of the people they polled something like 70 percent were convinced that the force awakens is the best star wars movie sight unseen now uh, of this crowd of this demographic um, the vast or the majority, something like 60, 61% said that their main reason for being excited was the CG, the advanced CG effects. <laughs> the fact that the computer generated imagery would be better than in previous Star Wars. Just want to point out that's the most criticized element of the prequels and the special editions. And yet for this weird subset of Star Wars fans, that's what they're most looking forward to. Despite every fucking promo material playing up the stupid Jim Henson creatures they have in the new one. I well, love, I mean, I love people. Just by people? 
I know you love people. You're a good person. I'm not. That's, oh, I hate people so much. <laughs> but just by the, the sheer um, legacy of it and Disney's new ownership, I think they just kind of have to throw everything at it. So. What percentage of the worldwide Star Trek audience gives a shit about practical effects? I'm going to say less than 3%. Do you mean Star Wars? I keep saying Star Trek. Same it's the difference. same thing. Yeah. yeah, Star Wars, of course. It, it Fight. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's just what the end result is. So, I mean, if I couldn't tell the difference between digital effects and practical effects, it wouldn't fucking matter well, because they'd my, be good. My point more is like online chatter versus real people in the real world. Well, yeah. I mean, you just can't spend your whole life on Twitter. People are nuts there. Don't at me. Just want to point out, Shatner's good in this. He is good in Star Trek V. Well, he you know, had like someone that knew how to direct him. Yeah. Uh, like the, the earlier scene where like Cybok is trying to brainwash like Spock I can't hear the McCoy. word Cybok without laughing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Shatner. Exterminate. Exterminate. <laughs> he has Go this ahead. line where he's like, uh, "No, I don't want my pain taken away. I need my pain." It's... Right. Yes, we all need pain. That, that was, he that needs was my his pain, impression. just like Lawrence of Arabia. Good he doesn't. He doesn't yeah. mind that it hurts, Charles. Yes. Well, it's funny, you know, you would assume that a direct, an actor directing himself would just cut himself loose, loose, but he's actually more restrained in this, I think, than in some other Star Trek films. It's or at least Star Trek episodes. He was just, like, exhausted from directing. But Maybe so. Well, you know, did you ever see the, um, the Herzog uh, Nesferatu? The no. remake he did with uh, Klaus Kinski? So, you know, there's the old Nosferatu film. Yeah. The, the silent film from the 20s. The one, the one I saw was the one with... Um, F.W. Murnau? No, with William Defoe. It wasn't oh, actually Nosferatu. Like Kiss of the, or Kiss Van- of the Vampire not, or something. Uh, no, not Kiss of the not Vampire. Kiss of the vampire. Uh, something Shadow of the, of the Vampire. Shadow of the Vampire, yeah. yeah. Vampire's Kiss the Nicolas Cage movie. Excellent <laughs> Nicolas Cage movie, by the way. But, um... Uh, so Klaus Kinski, in this um, remake, in the <laughs> Nosferatu remake he did with Herzog... <laughs> His his portrayal of Dracula is extremely tired. He's just exhausted. Like, he can barely muster the effort to speak and walk, let alone suck blood. <laughs> and he claimed that was his idea. Herzog claims it's because they would do 17, 18, 19, <laughs> 20 takes, and he would just do take after take after take, not even rolling film on the first few oh, to just exhaust bags. his actor. A similar note in the Wrath of Khan, the director, um, in order to get Shatner to, like tone it down would do like intentionally too many takes and like get him bored that's like kubrick bullshit fucking... i feel like occasionally that is called for and pays rich dividends the like actor or the uh director like tricking his actor i think for the most part if you cast an actor you should work with the act like just if you cast him then trust work with them him a little yes, bit trust them. exactly <laughs> yeah. the keyword like you shouldn't need to do thirty nine takes. Yeah, I mean, like, unless you get unless like, you got Shatner. Well, yeah, I mean, if you get into the middle of the movie and you realize you made a mistake and this guy just can't act his way out of a paper bag, then yeah, I can see tormenting them a little bit. But like, just as a general way of being, that just seems like I, I, the the you know the golden road to being a horrible person. Don't say golden road. That's still a, a, oh, a yeah, sore yeah. subject. We we were just like talking about that golden road being bought by uh, yeah. InBev and and Heiser oh. Bush. That's right. Yeah, let's not bring that up right now. For our international listeners, uh, Golden Road is a local pub, or was a local pub, which is now turned into an international conglomerate. Technically, it is now a Belgian brewery, because InBev is a Belgian company. Oh, because Anheuser-Busch is owned by the Germans. Just a little beer humor for you. Beer here. Beer and sports and Star Trek and all things I don't know. 
And for my you, listeners you in Mongolia, yeah. What? How's Mongolia? That's they all. Some sweet that's all out, I have, shout that's out all to our, I have to say mm, about that. But. Shout out to our sponsor, DraftKings. Draft away your dreams. DraftKings.com. Whoa. They're not actually a sponsor. <laughs> but uh, putball, Sean, put away your dreams. Put away your dreams at I hate you so much. <laughs> you gotta find that. Oh, you fucker. Okay, this is like Dune or Tremors <laughs> all of a sudden. I'm going to stop commenting on special effects because I think I, I keep uh, overhyping them. <laughs> Nevertheless, there's a reason I'm like making that disclaimer right now. I can't right believe now. you're overhyping <laughs> the effects in Star overhyping Trek 5. Overhyping their under-hyping. I don't so, know if they're about yeah, to so nobody. So yeah, nobody get excited about the effects that are about to happen. The effects have already happened. Oh, it's Stonehenge on some moon. Oh, that wasn't it. It's a ribcage. It's the elephant graveyard. You must never go. That's my James Earl Jones impression. You must never go there to the elephant graveyard. I was reading something recently that Stonehenge is like pretty much a fabrication. Hey, Simba. Hey, Simba, don't go to the elephant graveyard. It's me, Mufasa. <laughs> Mufasa M- like a... M- Mufasa. Hey, I live in you. I live inside <laughs> of you. He had cigarettes. his larynx removed. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Simba, like, it's me, your daddy. Meet this Mufasa in like a... CD bar in the wrong corner of downtown. Ah, uh, yes. A bar full of seeds. Everything that light touches is yours. Hey, kids, let's go to the beach. Okay, now it's yeah, like a um, lifetime smoker. Yeah. Don't smoke. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, this look is your brain. This, this Disneyland <laughs> stuff. Hmm. Those are handsome uniforms, though, I gotta point out. The uniforms that were... <laughs> redesigned for wrath of khan the you know very noble naval uniforms still look great that's passable oh that's horrible now oh oh, just 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 keep watching it was almost okay though for a second there so when they were writing this uh there was like a controversy over like how they would um one second Uh uh-oh Everyone pay attention. Okay, so there was controversy over how they would, like, display God. And uh, I think Gene Roderberry had a particular issue with them displaying God as, or portraying God as, like, the Western idea of you God. You should portray yeah. God as the and Shroud of Turin. It should have been like, a Gene Roderberry was pissed about this, but, hmm. I mean. He does kind of look like Charlton Heston. That's true. From my cold, dead hand. Shall you pry the Lord? <laughs> Let my people go. That being said, Gene Roddenberry was like allegedly losing health at the time. So mm. I don't know. Oh, yeah. He was out of his mind. <laughs> That's one of my great life goals. Like on my bucket list is to wrest power away from a man as he's losing his grip on reality. Like someone who's created some great franchise or some great. Um, brand or whatever it is to pry control away from them as they're still cognizant enough to know that I'm seizing control of their intellectual property. That's a true bucket list item for me. You want to tear their heart out and let them see it beating? In yeah, but they got to know they what I'm doing. Yeah. Like it has to be timed just so. Hmm. So they're like demented enough that I can seize control in you know, like a very 1980s boardroom style meeting. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Where the shareholders over. Yeah, vote for me. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it amazing that there's a point in American culture when a hostile takeover was like a, a big movie thing. plot? <laughs> well, it was an admired thing. Like, oh, 
Like, he's a Donald Trump type. Like, he gets things done. And the idea that it was, like, and like a you know a movie trope that it happened so often that people like normal people knew what a hostile takeover was and you could just kind of like throw that out as a movie and you know people but, understood but beyond half the plot just being an, a recognizable element i think it was genuinely admired as like yeah. he takes no prisoners you, like that guy took over the he took over nabisco and he cut the fat like he cut seven hundred thousand jobs and now they've turned a profit you remember like, the secret to my success <laughs> It's like, the, why the fuck do you care if Nabisco turns a profit? I take it you haven't seen that one? Secret to my success? Yeah. Michael J. Fox changing in an elevator. <laughs> no, but you piqued <laughs> my interest. Wow. Yeah, so he was like, you know, the, about the kid that working in the mailroom, but he finds an open office. So like, and the way up in the elevator, he just puts on a tie and calls himself an executive. And by the end of the movie, he takes over the wealth, the uh when, when I think of Michael J. Fox, I don't think of Back to the Future or Secret of My Success. I think of <laughs> Doc Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Which That's is a, a film I, I haven't actually seen. I just think of the cover of Doc Hollywood. Oh, really? I, I think I enjoy Doc Hollywood. It's decent. And is that boobies. up my alley? Yeah. 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 Of course yeah. it has boobies. Yeah, it was there's an no doubt movie. about that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Is it, is it Phoebe Cates yet again? Um, I don't know names. I just know boobies. Phoebe Cates is in Fast Times and Gremlins. No, no, I don't think it's that chick. Oh, and Cybok is freaking out about hmm. this rear projection. Fantastical. It's convenient to do it as a blue god because your screen is blue, so you don't have to key as hard. It looks like the Apple 1984 commercial. Very much so. Someone, needs Someone to throw should a throw a sledgehammer <laughs> into that god. Uh, 1984. Charles, how do you kill god? Um, with a sledgehammer. With a photon torpedo, as you'll see shortly. No, you, say something, alert, you, but... you say something mean about him. Isn't it a, a lever large enough in a fulcrum and I can kill God? What's like not that. not Agamemnon, what was that guy's name? Archimedes. Uh, yeah, yeah, that guy. He's yeah. God. He's, Archimedes oh, had the right that's idea. Not the scene I thought it was. Archimedes' idea was to kill God. Archimedes what? said, if you find the Buddha, kill Wait, him. I, I forgot about this. <laughs> he looks a lot like God. Televangelist. So I want to get my eyebrows to do that. You want to get your eyebrows did? No, yeah, yeah, totes. I'm gonna to get them them pointy eyebrows like the Satan style there. Yeah, that's gonna Satan be sweet. Style. Just walk in and say, uh, "Give me the Spock." I think you'd look good in a Spock haircut. Mm, Got to get the ear, uh, the little like Mo Howard thing going on in the front. Who is the worst stooge? Um, Curly Joe. No, Mo. Kind of. I mean, he was I definitely know. the worst person. I don't know Stooges. <laughs> I know Marx Brothers. I don't know Stooges at all. Oh, I know them equally poorly. Come on, Cybok. Explain yourself. I know the remake with uh, John Turturro better than I know the actual Marx Brothers. Did you see the Fairly Brothers uh, Three Stooges film? Yeah. I didn't hate it. Oh, really? No, maybe you did. I didn't hate it. I have no great like love it. of the Three Stooges to begin with. Again, I thought it was a pretty good like adaptation of their style. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like it's a it's an antiquated. To put it kindly, it's an antiquated style. But I thought it was actually pretty funny. That's yeah. If I you mean, can, if you like that style at exactly, all, yeah. you'll enjoy. It. If you don't like it, then why watch a Three Stooges movie? Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's like you might as well just watch the original Three Stooges. It didn't really like. It's not like there was any value added other than it was in HD. Uh. No value added. There's Kate Upton. You're a boobies man. Uh, what are we talking about? Three Stooges remake. There was boobies? Kate Upton. I don't remember that. Miss Booby USA. Huh. I, yeah. She walks out of a swimming pool, and they're like, go back, go back, go back, go back. Crazy. 
Maybe I didn't see the whole movie. Maybe I only watched the first one. Charles, minutes. boobies, weigh in. Boobies. Um, there is More something the very the like Star Trek about, uh, or TOS like about them. The whole plot being just they go to a desert planet, meet some super powerful like alien energy beings pretending to be a god. I really like thought you were him. going to say there's something Star Trekky about or TOSy about boobies. Yeah, totally. there, that, I was super too. interested those, those, to hear those, that. Like, 60s, yeah, you know, go go out, cylindrical, but yeah, kind of starship shaped, weighty with a little bounce. I, I feel like all I feel like interstellar spaceships should be like modeled after a breast. Yeah, they definitely shouldn't they be aerodynamic. Futurama didn't do that. Uh, I actually didn't see enough of Futurama to make that mm. comment, but I mean, you haven't seen all the episodes, so as far as you know, yes, they did. Yeah. 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 It's on Netflix. You can watch the whole thing. I see. Having so having less knowledge is liberating. That's why stupid sure. people are confident. Yeah, very they much don't so. know any better. Oh, dude, it would be ignorance is bliss. I'm not it? smart enough to like really do anything important. So <laughs> I wish I was really stupid because at least I'd be confident. Yeah, it's that middle ground that really fucks you. Yeah. Just smart enough to know you're stupid. Stand <laughs> up just as a middle manager. Enough, just smart enough to know your limitations. Totally. Stupid people truly believe in themselves. Like, it's yeah. astonishing. It, yeah. The number of rich, low IQ people is... Um, well, some of that's just breeding. That's true. That's why okay. uh, part of my political platform is uh, a... Mandatory one, abortions. Well, that and 100% inheritance tax if you do get past the abortion. Yeah, I feel like inheritance tax... Well, I don't know about 100, but it should be pretty fucking high. Yeah, dude. Otherwise, we're just creating a new... Exactly. So, uh, originally, he was supposed to be fighting like angels and demons, but wait, they didn't have the money the, for that. Uh, Tom Hanks so. and, yeah. and Hugh McGregor <laughs> were originally in this film. Well, William Shatner, but uh, angels and demons. Mm. Oh, I get, I get there. Yeah. You talking about now, the um, what's that guy's da Vinci name? Code? The guitarist from Blink One Eighty Two. Oh, Angels and Airwaves. That was the spinoff band. No idea. Imagine Blink One Eighty Two if it was like U two at its most pretentious. I don't want to do That's that. Angels. Nope. Too late. That sounds horrible. Tom DeLonge. U2 is really pretentious. Yeah, but they had some good albums. Bono's a terrorist. He is, but Unforgettable Fire. It's a good album. Mm. Joshua Tree. Unforgettable Fire. Some good is, cuts. Is that about the murders? <laughs> it's about the bodies that he burned, yeah. the evidence he destroyed. I wouldn't doubt it. You don't like Akutung Baby? It's all just like, you know, tolerable background noise at best. But he. Why do I find it so weekend. easy to believe that you're not a fan of Bono's skyscraping vocals? Skyscraping? He doesn't do much falsetto. No, but he re he reaches the top of his range. The heights of the human spirit. <laughs> That's true. Ugh. He should be Pope. <laughs> Jeez. That's not necessarily a compliment. I just think <laughs> Bono should be Pope. Uh... I like this. You know what? I kept trying to think of the name of the movie this reminded me of. It's this uh, student film that, um, not Phil Tippett, I think it's Dennis Muren, who also <laughs> is like a sci-fi guru wizard who worked on Star Wars, if you would believe it. I think it was like a student film he did. It's in the Criterion Collection. It's called Equinox. This movie really feels like an old 1960s student film called <laughs> Equinox. Wow. If you are listening, Google image search Equinox. You will be astonished. Man, oh, they, good. They just shot God with a laser beam and killed him. The criterion used to mean something. Stop talking. Now it just means we want more money. <laughs> you know they lose money with like every release. Really? 
Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah, like, like all physical they, media loses money now. No, no, I'm saying, they release like Armageddon and stuff. I assume like when they do that. Uh, again, well, those I are will, classics. I will like, defend Armageddon the Rock. Like a, uh, Their mission statement is money. important. Yeah. Contemporary and classic films. Armageddon is the peak. It's the best representation of a certain style of filmmaking. It might not be your favorite style, but it is the peak example of that style of 1990s Hollywood blockbuster filmmaking. Maybe you think it's worthless, but Armageddon, uh, 200 years from now, you can look at that and you can understand 1997, 1998. I've always been a Deep Impact man myself. Shut the front door. <laughs> deep Impact? Get out of here with I that garbage. Being, I remember I watched them both as a kid, yeah, back yeah. to back on VHS, and I watched Deep Impact first, and I was like, really just bored. I haven't seen yeah. it since, and I've, I've heard it's pretty good, but I just remember him being very bored. The, what you're saying, Charles, And then, is like, important. Armageddon came on, and I was like, whoa, shiny Armageddon's things and lights. Great. Arm- Armageddon is just a little over the top with the forced love story, but other yeah. than that, it's pretty decent. Armageddon the, is, uh, in the many animal ways, cracker scene. Yeah, yeah, totally. The, the apotheosis just, of the Michael Bay style, of the 90s Michael Bay style, where you can't tell if the, Ameri- if the Americana, the jingoism, it's hard to tell if it's sincere or ironic. Do you think Steven Tyler refused to do the music unless they allowed Liv Tyler in the movie? No, she was she was a draw back then. Really? Yeah. She was uh, in Empire Records. Yeah, exactly. In the uh, oh, Was she in the Wild Things? That movie has an amazing cast, genuinely. Which, Empire Records? No, Armageddon. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Steve Buscemi and Buscemi. Buscemi I just want to point out, Charles said he hadn't seen Deep Impact in a while, just like everyone else who claims to like Deep Impact. No True. one's watched it in 10 years. Yeah. Well, I claim to love Starship Troopers, and I watched it recently, and it was disappointing. Would you like to know more? Yes. 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 Okay, so I guess they killed God with a photon with a blast. La- Charles, do you want to just catch, up, catch us up on what happened? They they killed God with the... Well, they shot a photon torpedo, and then Kirk ran into the shuttle. The shuttle was, like, haunted by God. <laughs> Then he ran is, out. You're not joking, right? Out, no, I'm not. This is the movie we just watched? This is actually the plot. That's literally what happened. But uh, And then Kirk ran out of the shuttle, and like God's like Mario Brothers ghost face like floated out, <laughs> Louis, shooting laser beams Luigi's Mansion. Shout out to then, Luigi's Mansion. Then he saw the laser beam shot. It was a Wizard of Oz-esque thing. Except they killed him. It's like Wizard of Oz if they murdered the wizard. Technically Isn't speaking, what they we did? don't know if he's dead. But they shot a photon torpedo. He's dead. <laughs> it's like saying, well, we dropped the bomb on Nagasaki, but, but who knows what happened? Maybe the, maybe everyone moved away. It's God. You can't kill God. He's he not got pissed. It's not actually God. Who is he actually? Some douchebag alien. Just some <laughs> douchebag alien. Just some guy with a hologram. Aren't like... they all douchebags? <laughs> oh, one man. of those aliens. Yeah, you totally know God is going to be just some douchebag with a, with a hologram. That's you, know, you know God is going to be some douchebag with a $9,000 credit limit. <laughs> 9000 There's a nice moment here. There are nice Spock's moments like, scattered oh, the brother and yeah. Kirk calling back to the Wrath of Khan. See, he's referring to Spock oh, as his brother. You have to know things. Now, that was... There's some reference. That's references. arguably the most famous moment in all of the films. Like, if you're going into Star Trek V, hmm. presumably you've seen at least Wrath of Khan. Not in a long time. But, yeah, you that gotta throw in some Easter eggs for the nerds. Yeah. That that one is, to me, acceptable. Like, if you don't know that, then Wait, I have no um, sympathy for you. One of the arguments... <laughs> yes! Criticizing... Campfire. Okay, I'll be quiet during <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. No, no, I want to hear arguments criticizing things. Uh, That's what I live for. Into Darkness, one of the arguments 
criticizing him to an arc was that they went like there were a lot of like references for the fans but it was overkill and forced uh-huh. and I, I don't know i kind of enjoyed them but there's How like a time? couple that like don't actually make sense yeah if you understand the reference you understand why it doesn't make sense right like there's a moment where i would uh, say where robocop ta- references section 31 uh-huh. like this starfleet secret service uh-huh. mm-hmm. but like you don't find out about that till deep space nine and like it's like supposed to be super secret till then so Weird. yes yes i don't know yes, hard to explain yes, but they're they're singing row, row, row your boat yet again and spock is strumming a dulcimer or something or a auto harp a ukulele uh, it's not well, definitely space not harp. a ukulele space, space, space U- harp space, space ukulele that's racist that space jew harp what space jews harp Okay. Jews in space. Jews in space. <laughs> Singing with us. Jews uh, in space. There, there wasn't a song, man. Okay. And Lawrence Luckinbill as Cybok. So if all aliens, went, according to Charles plan, Cooper. you're watching the credits with us, maybe. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Might have worked. Playing everyone's Ice favorite Williams. chord, Charles Cooper. Rex Holman. That's God in quotes. George Murdoch. <laughs> have a hard time I'm, believing uh, George Murdoch is God. I'm going to sign mm. off to relieve myself. <laughs> Charles can't make it it's through. Nice High Fall Stunt by you. Ken Bates. Excellent Ooh. work, Ken. Yeah, that was a good fall, man. I Charles, really get Thank you. Dick Zicker? Dick Zicker? So, Charles. I'm back. Thank you so much for being a part of this truly clusterfucked episode. Just... <laughs> Uh, a wrong so, foot. So many apologies. Sir. Yes. I, a wrong I, I, foot forward. I had a good time. <laughs> no, thank you. It's Genuinely, uh, yeah. you're welcome back to another episode, which will be much more free flowing, like the like the salmon of Capistrani. Mm. Um, any final thoughts, Charles, about this film or the Star Trek TOS canon? Um, give me a more specific topic. Uh, but this film. This film. <laughs> uh, good moments. Yep. But. This is quite it's, measured. It's uh, the yeah. most, maybe Very the specific. most faithful to the original series, but the original series was not a movie. Yeah, so you mean the most so. crappy of the R- series? Ring the TOS movies. So Wrath of Khan. Uh, it's difficult. Wrath of Khan, The Undiscovered Country with number six. Whoa. The next one, actually. Uh, the Voyage Home, The Search for Spock, The Motion Picture, and this one. You put this below motion picture? I think this is more enjoyable than it's, motion picture. That that is Wait, true. It's location manager. That's not like the Michael Mann, right? What? <laughs> I you assume I not. Doubt, no way. Because he, he had already had directed real, Thief by a, now. He had a real career. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He had a real career cool. by this point. He had already directed yeah. Manhunter. He was already blowing shit up, wasn't? He? Oh wait, no, that's Michael Bay. Yes. <laughs> um. Really, last, dead last. Sean, for the last time, apologize to Charles. Oh I guess okay. I, I really can't apologize it's enough. Okay. You um, can't. That's true. It's it, mathematically I, true. I'm usually so much better than this. I, I really can't. Uh... He's usually, we don't even notice he's here doing the technical <laughs> elvish work in the background. Normally, the workshop flows smoothly. So I, I admire your patience with your computer. <laughs> I admire my patience with his computer. Oh, and I thank both of you. Um. Is there any Star Trek film worse than this? The answer is, of course, yes, there is. Uh, yeah, there are. Uh, Nemesis is worse. Insurrection and Nemesis, I would say, are both much worse than this. <laughs> Generations, I don't know. Generations like, is better than it's this. Just Come so, on. Like, it's just kind of limp. Yeah, but Generations like, looks gorgeous. It does. Uh, this actually looks pretty good, too. 
It doesn't look amazing, but it looks pretty good. Yeah, I mean, we it, look, it looks well. better than sharp, I yeah. for something from 1989 that yeah. did not have a particularly huge budget. I think it looks pretty good. And you might even argue, like, aside from the actual special effects, like it looks a little bit. Yes. I was about to say it looks better than the next one, but but I want to take that back because I'm Bogus. not sure if that's true. Yeah. I think it does look better than the sixth one. I I think I think the sixth un- one is like Undiscovered Country is a m- um, much better script. Yeah, but I think this is shot better for what it's worth. The Undiscovered Country just has like a very grim look. Yep, I was that kind of just ends up being bland. Like no. I feel. Yeah. Uh. Yes, it's kind of stylish. Nemesis has like a similar problem, which is exponentially worse. Nemesis like it just is, looks grim and bleh. it's so beholden to its time to that early two thousands Matrix desaturated green tint aesthetic. Sean, final yeah. thoughts on Star Trek V since you had never seen it before and you were not a Star Trekkie. Uh, I have seen this at some point in my oh. life, but I knew Retracted. nothing about it. Sorry. Um, I was just happy it wasn't full of lens flares. I, I, I wish you would that. have said something even slightly <laughs> insightful. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, uh, world. I like the lens flares. I, uh, I, do, I think it's I like a too. unique look. I think it looked great in the 2009 uh, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, I'm still pissed off about the whole campfire thing. I wanted spaceships, the whole thing. And, you know, Honestly, I wanted more campfire. <laughs> now you saw those spaceships, right? I saw some spaceships. <laughs> Charles with the uppercut at the very end. Chaffa, a pleasure. Sure. Come back. Sean, yeah. you were not invited. Oh, Jesus, yeah. yeah. Say goodbye to the listeners, Sean, goodbye for the last the, time. Goodbye to the listeners, Sean, for the last time. Sean's going uh, to the market. To be cut up into little pork chops. Yeah, to be sold for and beans. And to my, to my listeners in Luxembourg, have a good night. Luxembourgo! Luxembourg out, yo.